passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. The Five Star Zone with Rico Beard. Welcome to a, I guess, a 2-0 edition of the Five Star Zone. Rico Beard, Evan Jenkins on the other side. is Evan, you got both teams in the state, won their games. Probably as expected. It was no big hiccup. Um, MSU went out there for, once again, second week in a row. First play of the game, touchdown, 75 yards. This time, Jaden Reed so open. He has to wait for the ball to get to him, but... They ran the uh, flea flicker, state scores, they roll, and, you know, not even close. Was it 42-14? Yeah, so, it was 35-7 at halftime. So, yeah, that, not a big problem. Michigan, they went in there, they handled their business against Washington and showed that they got a dominant run game. Passing game, eh. it's like the uh, Jordan Shrug. I don't know. I can't tell you what they are. Passing game. But then, once again, they went out there and they got the job done, and, I know. For some people, you know, they want to see more of the passing game. They want to see more of a diverse offense. Here's the catch-22 about that. Because I've often said, if something is working, don't stop doing it. No. I'm not going to hinder myself. I mean, case in point, you saw second in the, in the second half, especially of the game against Michigan last year, Mel Tucker stumbled upon the corners are garbage. Let's just play 500. And they threw out the playbook. Yeah. And the play was go deep. I mean, seriously, it was, you, you were on the playground when the quarterback said, Evan, just go deep. Just go deep. And they kept going deep. They kept either getting penalties or long throws completed. Why stop it? Had nothing to do with their running game. It just worked. For Michigan, they they got a really good running game. Now, here's the, the downside of that. These are the games where you want to practice pretty much your plays to see what you got so that when you go up against Wisconsin on the road, and let's say you fall behind and you got to come back from 10 points in the fourth quarter, you got confidence in Kay McNamara that he can get the job done. 
that's the big problem. I understand why some Wolverine fans are upset. And, you know, upon further review, I can't get mad at somebody because something worked. No, absolutely not. And, I mean, I guess as a Michigan fan, you would want to see that passing game open up this weekend against Northern Illinois where you're a 27-point favorite. But, I mean, watching that game, obviously their their pass game wasn't exactly working. I mean, what what was Cade? Some 4 of 11 or something like that for the game. And, yeah. I mean, I don't blame them at all because, I mean, think about the time that Wisconsin, when they played Michigan, they ran the same running play over and over and over again. And they were applauded for doing it because you say, stop it, just like you said. And then you think, and you're like, well, I do want Cade to get reps and see what's working, this, that, and the other thing. But I think right now Michigan needs to just win games, win them handily when they can, right? right. And if they don't do it this weekend against Northern Illinois, then you might raise an eyebrow like The Rock and be like, uh, maybe something is wrong here that they're not confident because this is this is the week to really practice it, right? Right. Now, Northern Illinois has just been a thorn in everybody's side. They take a step up in competition. They upset Georgia Tech. Mm-hmm. They pushed Wyoming to the final seconds of the game. Wyoming was up 42-13. to 13. Right. And I know a lot of people don't watch Wyoming football. I happen to know somebody who covers them, so I kind of start following Wyoming because of him. They still play indoors? Like that weird indoor stadium? Or is that Idaho? It's Idaho. Okay. Yeah. So same colors, are they? Brown and gold, right? Yeah, that's Wyoming. Is that Idaho too? Ah, maybe I'm just going crazy. Yeah, you gotta lay it's, off the weed. Man. It's still early. <laughs> <laughs> that's legal, hey. Eh? <laughs> All right. So, but now, yeah, they get ready for Northern Illinois. The return of Rocky Lombardi to the scene of the crime for I a don't lot think of Wolverine that fans. Magic is still there, though. <laughs> no, but you know they're going to be upset because. That was the most embarrassing thing about last season for them. It really was. It was wasn't the, the other losses. It no, was Rocky that one. Lombardi, which, you know, Michigan fans had openly mocked and like, oh, look at you. You guys got a guy named Rocky. And he came up in there. He beat you. Well, and it, he beat you badly. And it's not like this year, you know, it's October 30th. So you'll have, what, six, seven games under your belt. This was the second game of the year after a big win by Michigan. Over Minnesota, yeah. And a horrible loss to Rutgers for Michigan State. And it was, oh, Michigan State was, you know, 27-point so, underdogs. It was it was bad. So I, I think they're going to try to take some revenge out on Rocky. I mean, he had the, his best game ever, like almost 350 yards, no interceptions, couple, uh, what, a couple touchdowns, what, three touchdown passes. He had two to White and one to Connor Hayward, right? I think he had two to Hayward. Yeah, you're right. There was a screen, and then yeah. there was the other one done. Okay. So, yeah, yeah, four touchdowns. So. It, it's wild to think, but I guess after watching the first two weeks, I still don't know what either team is, and that's where I have a cause for concern. No, you don't know what either team is. For Michigan State, their thing was they they're, they showed that they could run the ball. Last yes. week they showed that they could pass the ball. So now if you're Miami, you kind of got to pick your poison, and – uh, before we get into the Miami breakdown, you know what? Something I noticed that I don't think a lot of people did, but because people kept texting me, is Ronald Williams playing? Cornerback transfer from Alabama. He's not even playing in the game. I don't know this for a fact. I, I, I got to try to get this confirmed. I think his play was so bad against Northwestern, he changed numbers. He was number one against Northwestern. So when everybody was looking for number one at corner, wasn't there. You I thought he this, was nine against Northwestern. You saw this number nine. No, he was one against Northwestern. He was oh. nine against uh, 
Youngstown State. They switched his numbers because everybody's like, well, who's this nine? Because nine originally was the uh, transfer from, I want to say it was, it was the guy from uh, uh, Louisville. It was a corner from Louisville. He's changed his number to 29. So he was out there. But, yeah, his play was bad. He uh, did not start the game. They went with the uh, Kimbrough from Florida, the transfer from Florida. They're still trying to rotate guys to see who can go in there. Evan's checking. I'm tr- trust me. It's- no, he was listed <laughs> as one. You're right. I, I, I was completely wrong on Way that Way to fact one. check me, Evan. No, but I, I, I'm like, huh. Well, you said few people know, and I just yeah. wanted – I was like, you're so right because usually I'm on top of those kind of things. Yep. His number went from one. So, apparently, you know, one is something that's earned. He hadn't earned it. After that game, they were like, yeah. Okay, Jaden, you're good. Mr. Reed, you can go on out on the practice field. Yeah, Mr. Williams, go see the equipment manager. It is one of the cooler things in college football that you could change your number every week if you chose to. Yeah. Remember what Shalik Calhoun wore 43 that yeah. one year against Michigan? and Yeah, he wore it because uh, Ed Davis. Yep. Ed Davis was hurt and couldn't play in the game, so he wore Ed Davis's number. Then they uh, they did the thing where they were wearing Bubba Smith's number. Yeah, or like uh, even Garrett Wilson, his freshman year, would tra- – Take off his top jersey to go return punts. Yeah. And then would have to put on a different one when he would go play offense. So, yeah, like, that is cool so thing. wild. So, for Michigan State, they have to, they played a lot of people on defense, especially. And I think a part of that reason is because you're going to Miami, it's going to be hot. Very. They've cranked up the heat in the building. Um, well, it's humidity, too. It's gonna right. Be- and I guess they're trying to get as much as that as possible, that feel inside the practice facility. Tucker says he's got those guys in there sweating. So that they can get used to it. I mean, it's something you can't. The best thing I could say, it, it reminds me of the game at uh, in Tempe when they played Arizona State. Because that was probably the most unicorn day in Phoenix. Because normally it's hot, but it's just dry. Breeze flows and it cools down. That night, Evan, it was, it was humid. It had never been humid. And, I mean, even people who lived there before was like, this is bad. I mean... <laughs> At kickoff, at night, sun is set, it's 95. Yeah, that's just where you you take a step and you sweat. There's the, the, Everything is shade. There's no shade to go hide under because everything is shade. <laughs> it was 95. I, I brought it. I remember I bought a change of shirt, and I had to because you just sweat right through it. Oh. It was that bad. So, yeah, going down to Miami, chance of a, uh, a spotty thunderstorms. But, I mean, I, th- I think that's just kind of Miami weather. If you're MSU, Miami's going to come try to come after you. And their defense, Manny Diaz, he's going to blitz. A lot. That's his calling card. He's going to blitz a lot. If you're MSU, it's funny because I was like, you know, technically they probably could score on the first play again if they just threw a screen play- pass. Suck the defense in, you know, hit the walker and let him do the rest because Miami's going to constantly bring pressure Hit him with misdirection, hit him with screen passes, hit him with counterplays, and I think you can throw them off balance and get them out of that. Because if they're just going to constantly keep going, then, yeah, you can't just stand back in the pocket. You're going to have to do some motion. You, this is where a jet sweep. This is where, you know, you, you got to hit them with stuff to, to, to kind of counteract their pressure. But the screen pass, probably going to be the biggest play. You may see, you know, you know, seven to ten screens because they're going to work. Oh, yeah. They're going to work because Miami's going to keep bringing the heat and bringing the heat and bringing the heat. Not the smartest team. They're not. They're not a disciplined team. They're going to try to bait you into battles. They're going to try to bait you into 
you know, picking up stupid penalties because that's part of their swagger and bravado. First five minutes, man, they're going to come out there. They're going to be ready to pop on that turnover chain, do all of that stuff. Wait it out. I watched App State, and App State looked like such a composed team. They let Miami do all the dumb stuff, came back in the game, and actually had a chance to win it. And then they had the receivers drop four of the most catchable passes in the end. Uh, App State had the ball, first and 10 from like the 50-yard line. I want to say they were down. Were they down? They could have kicked the field goal, I think, to win. And drop, 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 drop. I mean, hit them all in the hands. Like uh, Chase uh, Bryce was just like, I, I don't know what to do. You ain't got Clemson receivers over there. Those are App State receivers. <laughs> they showed you why they're not at Clemson, and they're at App State. I look at the Hurricanes. They're about a 7.6 and a half, 7-point favorite. <sighs> Derek King, the offense is really, Derek King, just go out there and do some stuff. That's what it seems like. They don't have a set offense. If MSU can keep De'Eric King in the pocket and say, you know what, you got to beat us with your arm, I think that's a victory. If you let him scramble around, he'll beat you. Now, he's, in my opinion, he's not quite the same since that uh, injury last year. He's lost a little bit of a step. You can see, I think he kind of is thinking about the injury in his mind. Well, he played with reckless abandonment when he before he got injured. Now it's He's not to the point where he's Michael Penix Jr., who just looks like a shell of himself. But not quite the Derek King that I, I remember at Houston right now. Do you foresee, I mean, Drew, Drew, Drew Jordan didn't play, Beasley didn't play, and it looks like Tank won't play this week. Right. Do you expect those other two DNs to play? Uh, I don't know. I mean, it, the way it made it sound was probably no. Um, You know, and that's... That that can be a problem because you're gonna you're gonna see some somebody's gonna have to bring the pressure off the edge and contain him in the pocket, and in case he breaks out, you got to be able to chase him down and get him. That's a concern. Now, um, was it Piotrowski Pajals, or whoever? Yeah, forty-seven. Yeah, he had a huge game. Uh, you know, you got Panashuk, Jacob Panashuk. You got you got guys out there. They're going to have to make plays. They can't miss tackles. When you get an opportunity to get a sack, you got to get a sack. Yeah. Cannot let him squirm out of there because that's when he's dangerous. He's like Denard Robinson yeah. back in the day. Not as good running the ball, but he's very right. close. You, you keep Denard in the pocket, you can win. Denard was dangerous once he broke containment, and now it's – And then the, when that threat to the linebacker was, is he going to go or yeah. is he going to dump it over my head? And confused That's the him. old bleep moment, like, oh, yep. bleep. Oh, it's God. essentially you're a soccer goalie at that point for a penalty kick, and you yep. better guess right. Yep. You better guess either left, and you hope he goes left, or yep. right, and he goes right. Because if not, you're an ESPN highlight reel. No, my expectations have changed. I mean, looking at this three weeks ago, this game, I would have said – yeah, Miami's going to win comfortably. And now I think Michigan State has a very good chance to go in there and get that win. I feel the same way I did going into Northwestern. I didn't know what to expect. I had a feeling they could win, but it was like, okay, it's on the road. What are you really bringing? And I kind of feel that same way now where I feel like it's it's 50-50. You go out there, Miami's going to, no pun intended, they're going to hit you with a storm early. Yeah. The, the key to beating Miami, weather that storm, they come back down to earth. And then Miami – it's not very disciplined. No, and then once you get them even thinking about the mistakes that they made in the first two games, that's when they'll really start to spiral. But I'm just curious, 
The run game was so effective week one against Northwestern. It was very good week two, and I think they could have had that same. I mean, they still ran it for 300 I mean, yards. Walker, Walker played the first quarter, and that was it. And he that was done. it. He ran. And but I you actually, know what? You didn't need him. No, and I had a guy calling. They're ruining his Heisman hopes. I'm like, first off, calm down on that because he had a very good first okay, game. Here's the thing. But you need other guys to get reps, and that's kind of what we were talking about with Michigan. You right. want to see stuff. Yeah. You don't win the Heisman running it up against Youngstown State. Absolutely now, not. run it up against Miami. People take notice. You, yes. you go out and you bust 200 yards against Miami, yeah, that's that's a name brand. That's a helmet. In college football, like Michigan won a helmet game last week. Absolutely, but Washington is not the Washington It's that not we a good team, but you see the W, you see the purple and gold, mm-hmm. you recognize the helmet. And you see the conference, too. And then, therefore, you, you get a bump. Like, oh, well, you won a helmet game. Washington may not win two, three games this year. They're awful. It. You know, I, they're awful. Watching that game, their yeah, coach may be fired after a year. You looked at their quarterback, and you're like, "How is this kid a starting quarterback at a major right, D1 I'm like, okay, school?" Put Brock Ewart's kid in, and just take your chances. But it, it, he's so stubborn. Now it's going to work. And I'm like, dude, this is the quickest way to get fired in college football. And that offensive line, for being as big as they are, boy, they can't move, can they? No. Like, if you have a legit pass rusher, you can get there. And Aiden Hutchinson just, like, lived in that yeah. backfield. But, yeah, so Miami's a – that's a helmet game. If MSU beats Miami, are they the Hurricanes of old no, Ray no, Lewis? No, but no. They're, they're a relevant team still. In you the wanted, ACC, they've competed the last few years. Uh, look, Mel Tucker did exactly what he was supposed to do. You sit your guys and you let your backups get in there and play a ton of time to see what else you got. Well, Especially because – come to Miami – you're going to have to rotate a lot of people because you got to worry about cramping. You got to worry yep. about people just being tired because of the heat. You got to know that guy number two, especially on defense, can go in there and get the job done without any fall off. So, yeah, you're not going to win the Heisman. Not at all. But so, what, yeah. what I am excited about with this offense is it seems like they can do both running and throwing the ball very effectively. And, I mean, if they have a good mix of that, it could be a very, very good team. It is. Now, the thing with Peyton Thorne, Peyton had a good game. Peyton could have had a great game, yes, but he, he showed me he still knew at this. In the second possession, I think it was a third down play, he underthrows, I think, Connor Haywood, and they got a punt. But when you go back and look at it, Trey Mosley's running wide open down the field. Somebody forgot to cover him. He never looked down there. No, he looked at his first read, and that's it, what he went to. He, he would have looked like the end of that Raiders uh, Monday night game. He was that open. And so he can't lock in on every receiver. I mean, he's got a rapport with Reed because they were high school teammates. Oh, really? I haven't heard that before. Oh, yeah, that's that's, that's going to be right up there with Clayton Kershaw <laughs> and, and Matt Stafford and Izzo and Mariucci. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to be the narrative. You're going to probably hear it about ten times this Saturday oh, yeah. afternoon. But – He's got to get a better report with the other receivers. It was good to see Naylor get a touchdown. He was he really see he him play, and Naylor still seem like a forced does, first right? date. Like, like it's awkward. They can't read each other. It seems like yeah, it's, it's like he'll catch it, but it's it's just so awkward. But that touchdown that he threw to him in the corner where he looked off the safety, I thought was very very good. We haven't seen that kind of quarterback play in a few years, right? But it's like all his throws to everybody. Like when he throws to Reed, hit him in stride. His boom. second touchdown pass is one of the finer passes I've seen in a long time. Yeah. 
because he literally hit him in stride. Reed didn't have to slow up anything. It was no. there, and that's what led to that touchdown. Like, even when he throws it to Trey, it's like Trey has to make a spectacular catch. One-handed catch on the sideline. Like, you you got to work with everybody else. So that's the thing that's keeping him from going from good to great. It's just his rapport with everybody else. Like, probably Connor Haywood is his second-best receiver. For some reason, he could hit Connor. But Naylor, oh, it's, it's 50-50, man. He's, but he's had wide – Against Miami, you can't have mistakes. You can't, especially early, you, you got to score touchdowns, not field goals. I expect it to be Spartans in the crowd. Not quite the Northwestern type of crowd, but I think it's going to be a lot of Spartans there. Campus is far from the stadium, so it's kind of like UCLA where it's not on campus. You got to travel. Miami, once again, it's kind of like UCLA again. You got options. You want to go to a football game? You go hang on the beach. Oh, yeah, big time, especially now when the weather's about to change even a little bit more. But, I mean, that stadium's never full, ever. I mean, unless it's a big bowl game. Yeah. But, I mean, we've seen it plenty of times on TV. What do you think is is Michigan State's biggest weakness right now? Still defense. Still uh, lack of a pass rush. I mean, they can't get to the quarterback without blitzing. They can't just do it with their front three or front four and cause havoc. they got to bring an extra guy. And, you know, you, you kind of saw it. The thing that worries me is you saw a little bit of scrambling ability with the Youngstown State quarterback. Yes. And Derek King's much better than that kid. And there were times where the kid just went out there and made plays. And he just got it done. And, you know, that that's the thing is that, that front four, they're still missing a piece, man. They're, they're missing that dog, this guy who could just wreak havoc. So, I don't know. Maybe they all need to learn the Aiden Hutchinson uh, get-off-the-ground drill with a barbell. I mean, it seems hard, right? <laughs> that kid that kid is very, very good. He and is. who would have known? He had such a great night on the same day that his dad was in sh- – oh, wait, that's not his dad. That's Sorry. His dad. I was about to say, that is his dad. But you saw that tweet, right, yeah. by Braylon Edwards that said that was his dad? Oops. Oops. Yeah. Well, there's, you know, in the same fa- – oh, wait, no, they just had the same last name. <laughs> All white guys look alike. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, speaking of Michigan, I think that's their their strength is just him on the D-line, and he's helping out everybody else on that D-line. Yeah, and, and it's doing a good job because they're, bring, they're bringing the pressure because their corners, in my opinion, are just awful. They're, but yeah. they're not being tested. So guess what? They don't look awful this year. The first drive against Western Michigan, they look like the corners from last year. But why? Dude, I, I don't – it wasn't until the second half that they could even move the ball. They had I would third the, and fourth I would check the bank account four. of the Washington offensive coordinator because, honestly. You're running draws on fourth and four. He's on the take. Like, he wasn't trying to win the game. I'm like, what is that? He wasn't trying. Like, We'll see. I mean, I guess uh, for Michigan, their first really big test will be in week five. Because Northern Illinois, I, They'll get tested some, but it's Northern Illinois. You got more athletes. Absolutely. They, they should go and Rutgers, do the same thing they did against Western. Rutgers plays good defense. Rutgers can't score the ball. So they're really – they're one-dimensional. It, yeah, but Rutgers will pull out some crazy – they'll pull out everything they have in their playbook in order to try to score. They will. Uh, Give them credit for that. They lay week, it all week, out there. Week five for them is is the thing that they're looking forward to. If they, they get past – Heck, if they get past, if they can, if Harbaugh wins on the road at Madison, then, you know, this thing changes because the Big Ten is it's vulnerable. It's open. 
Absolutely it's, it is. It is not what the Big Ten everybody thought it's going to be. I well, mean, right now, Iowa's in the driver's seat. Now, here's the bad part about it. I don't think the Big Ten is going to get a representative in the college football playoffs unless Iowa goes undefeated. Right. Well, Iowa's not a brand name. Sure. And I and I still think, I mean, let's not be fooled like Ohio State just put up a complete stinker against Oregon. They still had 600 yards of offense. They did. But Ohio State's problem is they can't stop the run. They are awful. Their defense, so much that Kerry Combs kind of got thrown under the bus by Ryan Day. When Day was, you know, they expected Day to say, no, that's my guy. We're going to work it out. He was like, look, that's just not acceptable here. So we talked. Right. And it wasn't pleasant talks. So I don't know if he went all Aubrey Pleasant. You think they're. they're on him telling him to do your effing job like he did to Okuda. So but I think, kind of feel it. He, you think if did. they square up with Iowa this week, Iowa would, would win then? Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah, they Iowa will win. I mean, they've been because impressive, I, Because man. here's the thing. Iowa's strength is their secondary. I was probably the only team that has corners that could cover Ohio State's receivers. Yeah. Iowa has seven turnovers already. That's Two wild. Games. Wild. Seven turnovers. And, and I mean. How many MSU has? One. And that was a crazy turnover. Right. Yeah, seven. I guess that's the one thing I did. They haven't caused turnovers this no, year. No, they haven't. And that's, you got to get, but a lot of that comes with pressure. Mm-hmm. When you get pressure on the quarterback, the quarterback makes mistakes, throws the ball too soon, throws the ball high, low, tip pass. Deflected pass on the line. They haven't gotten any of that. Their no. defense is Michigan State's defense has been okay. Yeah, it, it's done good enough to get the stops to force a punt. But for the teams that you played, they played okay. Okay, yes, because I mean, I fully expected them to beat Northwestern only because they beat that team last year and they weren't as good as what they were last year. And uh, I mean, obviously, I expected to go into Youngstown State, and I thought I didn't think it would be that quick, that fast. But right see, to me, but that's what I think. Good teams do to worst teams. Great teams really do. But Youngstown State was a game to me. You got to keep them under ten points, and that's a victory. They can't score two touchdowns on you. I agree with that. I thought, and they I, almost scored three. I wasn't pleased with that. You're right. If it wasn't for that crazy interception, they probably would have. That's that is the thing. Is well, then four because at the end of the game they were driving. That's right. Okay. So that's a problem. When you play bad teams, you got to show that you played a bad team. Yeah, Maryland won sixty-two to nothing. Like no, no, no. You're not going to score. You're going to take this check, and you're going to go home. Yeah, like when Michigan went into Rutgers and won like 70 to nothing or something. Yeah, it's a bad team. you got to let the bad team know you have no shot here, okay? We're not effing around. You're not going to get anything. That was the problem that I had. So, yeah, when it comes to Miami, now Miami's down a couple running backs. but They rotate backs similar to what MSU does, but their first and second string backs aren't playing in the game. They're down to back number three. Uh, They're missing their middle linebacker. They got some. They got some things going on with their team too. You know, it really comes down to you can't let De'Aaron King have a De'Aaron King type of day. App State did that. Well, Alabama did that, but that's Alabama. Alabama, my God, they, it looked like they had fifteen people on defense. It was amazing. They made him. They made it look like they were playing an FCS. But at, but it shows you what happens when you make him uncomfortable. He can't make plays. App State kind of did that. They they contained him. And he wasn't hitting the throws that they really wanted to. App State had every opportunity to upset them, but they didn't. And they were up in that game, I believe, too. They were up, and they blew an opportunity. They had to kick a field goal. Uh, quarter, uh, Chase, uh, Chase Bryce, wide open guy. Yeah. He overthrew him. The guy catches it, but he falls down at the two, which is a dumb college rule. He couldn't get up. Such a dumb rule. It's such and they a dumb and rule. And they couldn't punch it in. And um, that was the difference in the game was the fact they had to, that four points – was yeah. the entire difference. They had to kick a field goal because they couldn't score. 
from two yards in, Miami's defense held. But yeah, he was he was so open, but he got overthrown that he had to make a circus catch at the two and fail. Now, I mean, you guys do the segment on your show every Monday through Friday talking about betting. What what would you take with this game? Would you take Michigan State in the points? Because I think I would, but yeah. I don't know if well if, if, you, I'm if you were smart enough to bet early when when they were getting seventeen and a half points. Oh, geez, yeah. Then you feel a lot better about this game. Right now, it seems like one of those crazy boost bets that they just give you ridiculous right. odds. When the season first started, Miami was a seventeen and a half point favorite, and yeah, if you took that, then you're feeling good about that. I think that I don't think Miami would cover that. Right now, yeah, I would take State in the points. I mean, if you're really feeling brandy about it, you take State on the money line, that's plus 200. Okay. I don't think it's that far out of realm. I mean, I did that for the Northwestern game. I just took State flat out. I'm like, I just think they're going to win. Yeah. Um, This is, uh, I mean, this game I think is going to get decided in the first quarter. You know what I really want to see, and it, it, it's kind of, we've talked about this in basketball, but. I want to see the offense make a mistake. I want to see Peyton Thorne throw an interception and see how he rebounds from that because I think that's a big part. Probably is, not the game you want to see that because that means they break out the turnover chain and that means, you know, it's, it's so. But even so, but that's what I'm saying. I want to see him face adversity a little bit. He didn't really have I'd, to I'd, with I'd Northwestern. Rather, I'd rather see him face adversity against uh, Nebraska. <laughs> oh, because, no, game, no, no, because you don't want to see, because like I said, Miami's emotional. Absolutely. If I you agree. Can, but emotions go swing both ways. Miami starts getting interceptions, and now they're looking like the Ray Lewis, Ed Reed Miami. Well, I'm not saying interceptions. I'm just saying No, what? but I'm and saying for them, it, it once starts. Once they get fueled. Yeah, now all of a sudden they got the swagger. Right. But their swagger goes away quickly. MSU scores, first play of the game, or they, they score too, too many points early. Miami will quit. You know, I'm super shocked that I never saw a stat of the last time Michigan State started a game with 75-yard touchdowns or further. I don't think it happened. It may have not, right? You may be living the history now. Isn't that crazy? I think they did it once. But, yeah, I don't think that they – I mean, I remember against Penn State, they took the kickoff back for a touchdown. But no, it was a play that nobody saw because it was – I think that was the JT Barrett game. Oh, JT was short that game. That was yep. a JT Barrett game. Okay. So they were showing that, and the state game has started. So by the time they switched over, it was 6 nothing. Right. They're like, what just happened? And then they had to show the replay. Oh, yeah, they took the kickoff back for a touchdown. See, what, what I like about them, too, is I think that they can be a balanced team. But just like we talked about Michigan earlier, if you can run it 40 times and they're not stopping, I think they can do that with either facet of their game. Right. Though. I think they could pass it 40 times if need be right. and still be able to put up points. And I think they can do that with the run game, too, with a different pace of backs. Kenneth Walker is a way different back than Well, Jordan no, Simmons. if you're going to do it, you're going to do it with Walker. Right. Um, the other backs, like Elijah Collins won't be playing, I don't think. No, he So looked, basically you're going down there with uh, three backs now. Simmons, Walker, and Joyner. Joyner. He is Joyner really now. Had, yeah, you know he he had a they were I think he was kind of in concussion protocol. He got a couple carries at the end of the game. Yeah, but yeah, it, it's it's when Joiners. I mean, when uh, Walker's in the game, he's that home run hitter. It's crazy. He, even he's like he, the Eric King. If you miss, he's gonna make you pay. Even that run that he had this week, it was his longest run where I I thought he was gonna take it to the house. But the change of direction for him. I uh, mean, Javon Ringer was very good at that, but I think this kid is better than that. Yeah. So. It's going to be, you know, we'll be having a different show if they're 3-0. and 
next week. I think so too, because then you start thinking that there might be something. If they're three and zero going into next week, now you got something. Now the back end of their schedule gets difficult. Absolutely, they finish with Ohio State. They finish with Penn State, who arguably are two two of the three best teams in the Big Ten. But they, if they go down there and get the victory, Indiana's not the same Indiana team. I think they can go on the road and beat Indiana. They would have uh, Nebraska at night. That's a night game, seven o'clock. Followed by another night game against Western uh, Kentucky, who just lost to Army, and you then you'd have Rutgers, and you'd have Indiana. So and then yeah, Michigan in there too. By week, and yep. then you go to Michigan. So this probably may be their toughest test until they get to Michigan. Yeah, yeah, they win this game. Yeah, we're talking something totally different. They may they may hit everybody's expectations before they hit the bye week. Let's just put it like that. And it also seems like every last kid has completely bought in to everything being sold to them. And it's not like it seems like everything that Mel Tucker has been saying that he wants to do, he's been doing. You don't see any of these kids pouting because they're not playing right. at all. I see, like, I, th- I think I told you after the first game, the first person I saw congratulating Kenneth Walker was Elijah Collins. There's a lot of schools you don't see that kind of stuff. Yeah, I mean, the doors are still open. Everybody's going to get a chance, and it's about winning. And funny thing, when you win, you don't care. No. You know, you you, you, you think Devontae Smith cared that he was sitting on the practice squad at Alabama? Nah, we're winning titles. Yeah, we're I'm winning. good. I'll get my shot. I'll get my shot, and I'll get my shot, and I'll win the Heisman. How about that? Yeah. So, but yeah, you know, when you're sitting there and there's Jerry Judy out there scoring, yeah, go congratulate him. Absolutely. But, like, you don't see Anthony Russo. You see him completely engaged in the game. And, I mean, we saw why he was the second-string quarterback. But I think also but you got to realize, I mean, the way the substitution patterns go. You could anytime. Yeah, make sure you know where your helmet's at because we're going to Evan in the game. Now, okay, here's my turn. Don't screw it up because here's your opportunity. It's going to be easy, different. This year's Big Ten, man, I'm telling you. It's a coin flip, man. And also, by the way, this is Michigan's year. With it being down and what you're playing. I yeah, think now's Mich- the time Michigan, to do it. Michigan, like Michigan State, it's the back end of their schedule. Front end, and for both Michigan and Michigan State, this could be fool's gold. It could be. It's Evan, it's entirely possible that going into that game on October 30th, you could have two undefeated teams in this state. And you know what? By the time this year is over, you can see the third and fourth best team in the Big Ten East, or maybe even the fourth and fifth best team in the Big Ten East. Yeah. So, because Maryland is still my sleeper. Maryland's going out there and they're getting the job done. They got, the, they may have the best quarterback in the Big Ten. They, they really, really could. Leah Tungavaloa, Tua's little brother. Guys, if you haven't had a chance to watch, I said it early. Go watch Maryland. Now, they got explosive offense. They they received their Two of their receivers, I think, are leading the Big Ten in receptions. Like they, they get it. Mike Loxley and and Enos running. They all see nothing but explosive plays, and they're starting to get somewhat of a defense now. Granted, I know they played Howard, but they played against West Virginia. That was the game that I'm like, okay, once again, name brand helmet game. They won it. You recognize that W and the V on that helmet. Yeah, both teams could be going into that game undefeated. It's crazy to think about because entering the season, if I would have told you that that you'd have been like, okay, you got get, you would have said you're smoking weed again. Yeah. Is what you would have said to me. <laughs> well, just lay off the weed. Right, exactly. And and now I think it's totally it's it's you can see it happening, but at the same time it goes right back to what we said. 
start of this podcast. We still don't know. But that's better than knowing your team's crap already. Right. You know what so, I mean? Yeah, the back end is where the schedule gets better but or tougher. But, no, you, you, you could be looking at a pleasant surprise for both teams in the state. With the Big Ten being the way it is, if Ohio State loses again, the Big Ten is going to lose their credibility. I know it's always cool that when Ohio State loses and people celebrate, you don't want Ohio State losing because Ohio State is the name brand nationally. If Ohio State has two or three losses, the winner of the Big Ten won't get in to well, the college football playoff. You know who you'll see in there instead? UCLA, Oregon. Uh, I think you're going to see two. There's going to uh, Georgia's in. Georgia, Alabama are in. Oh yeah. Oklahoma's pretty much setting themselves up for that third spot. I don't know if Clemson gets it. Right now, I would say the winner of UCLA and Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game gets the fourth spot. Well, and that's what I was going to say about Ohio State's loss to Oregon. It's not like they lost to a horrible school. Oregon was a top 15. They didn't, but that that means that your best in your conference lost to the best in their conference, Absolutely. which no, no, means no. their I conference is better that. than your conference. But I'm just saying for fans to like celebrate it like it was this. Oh, huge fans upset. celebrate anytime Ohio State loses, and it's 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 the dumbest thing because you need Ohio State to stay above water. Yes, you want them to be one of the best. You don't want to beat a down. Well, you know when Michigan State was beating Michigan, oh, you beat down your teams. Okay, and you want that same thing? No, you want to always beat the best competition, right? right? I thought the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry was as healthy as it's ever been in 2015, the trouble with the snap game. Those were two very high-level programs, right? And you you didn't know. You feared the other opponent. You legitimately did. And that game ended up being one of the best games I've seen in that rivalry. It's kind of like how it is in basketball now. You have no idea who's going to win this game. And it's great, right? You don't want it down. I don't think Ohio State's going to be down. I think that they they fix themselves. I mean, they've shown it time after time after time that, I mean, even when they lost to Iowa that one year or Purdue that one year. Ohio State can have a loss. Yes. But you have to rebound. Ohio State, if if somebody else goes from the Big Ten because Ohio State's sitting there with two or three losses, Iowa. Oh, you don't have a shot. It's not the same because the Big Ten is down. You're not going to make it. Well, and then you, if you're the conference co- or the committee for it, you look at it and you're like, well, look at how other Big Ten teams have fared. Is it only Michigan State that's been to the playoff other than Ohio State yeah. from the Big Ten? Yeah, because here's what's going to happen. Oregon is going to have that we beat Ohio State on their resume. Uh, like it or not, UCLA is going to be like, yeah, we beat LSU. LSU may not be much. That was that LSU. Moment. They were two years removed from a national championship. That's SEC. You beat an SEC team, that counts as two games. Absolutely. College football is is political. I mean, people like to think that they have a chance. They really don't. It's 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 so old boys club. It's political. It's about what you did 50 years ago. It's not what you did 50 minutes ago or what you did five minutes ago. It's, oh, well, history says this. It's why every year you hear Texas is back, Notre Dame is back, Tennessee, you, Tennessee is back, Michigan's back. Florida's back because they want these teams back all the time. That Why? Because they used to be good. It's why you don't hear anybody saying, hey, Cincinnati's back. Now, Cincinnati's pretty good right now. Yeah. But they don't have the pedigree. It's the only sport. College basketball, you settling on the court. Are you the best team? Prove it in this tournament. Yeah. We're going to play 63 games, win the tournament, see who gets it. College football, Certain teams are already elevated. You see that in the preseason polls. Absolutely. Already elevated to the top. Next year, I can promise you, here's your top five teams. In some order, it's going to be Alabama, it's going to be Georgia, it's going to be Clemson, 
It's going to be Ohio State. It's going to be Oklahoma. Yeah. I can promise you right here, right now, I, I, I'd put a week's wager, week's, week's, week's pay on this. Oh, no. I, I Those five teams are your top five. That. Unless there's some team out of the SEC. The only one who could possibly crack it would be Notre Dame. Yeah. Okay, perfect. Yeah, if they ran the table this year. And if, I I said, if you gave that. me six teams, that's your top six teams next year. Yeah. We haven't finished this year, but I can tell you already who the top six teams next year will be. That's just how college football goes. Now, you could have uh, a new entrance into that, and we'll touch upon this briefly now and throughout the rest of college football season. USC, if they do what's right, could get to being USC again. I'm telling you right here, right now, I think Urban Meyer is one and done in Jacksonville. No, he's not going to quit after week one. What I'm saying is he may pull a Bobby Petrino and quit in the middle of the season. Urban Meyer, I think, is realizing it's a different game from college to pro. You're, you've been hearing the rumblings even before this USC job came out of how, you know, he's not fitting in. There's bickering. There's this. There's that. It's okay. Nick Saban realized pros ain't for me. Pete Carroll realized that first time around pros ain't for me. He went back. If you're going to go back, man, this is the time to go back. USC, California talent, tons of resources. You're urban. Okay, you washed out in the NFL. So did Nick Saban. Yeah, so what? Do you think Nick Saban wakes up in the morning saying, I can't believe Miami fired me? No, it was the perfect reset button. Sometimes you just got to realize, I'm in over my head. I'm going to go back to what I do well. And if, if I'm him, that's where I go. Now, <laughs> I know they've uh, a, a friend of mine who does this, uh, the Stewcast told me, They've reached out to a couple people, Sar- Steve Sarkeesian, the Texas coach. Isn't that where he originally had come from? Yeah. But he's cleaned up his act. Yeah. He had a battle with alcoholism. And so, yeah, he's declined, but they reached out to him. I, I, Pull on those heartstrings. Come on home. I heard Eric Bieniemy is a name. See, that's one interest. that I can't. If I'm Bieniemy, I'm, I don't know. If you hire B enemy, it's short term because you know where he wants to be. Yeah, he wants an NFL job. So you get him for two, three years tops, but he wants that NFL job. So I, I would pass on B enemy, uh, Bill O'Brien, because hmm. I, I mean I, I'm supposing Clay Helton is just going to go to uh, Malibu Passages and he's going to become an offensive something or he's going to be a coach at Alabama. Sure, because that's yeah. Malibu Passages for coaches. Oh, yeah. You go he fix brings your, them all in. You go can fix be our, your problems. Come here on the beach and the massage assistant holistic the medicine, and yeah. then we, we fix you. So, yeah, I, I can see that. But, yeah, to me, if I'm USC, you know, I've heard James Franklin. No. See, USC has the same problem that all these other schools have. It's the ego. You can't just get a coach. You have to get the coach. You got to make a name brand. You got to have a splash. What about Fleck? Fleck's too small potatoes. <laughs> I mean, think about it. If you brought up Fleck to coach Michigan, people were laughing at you like, Fleck, Fleck. That's USC. Same arrogance. So what about Fickle? Look, Jermon, uh, the AD, came from Cincinnati. Okay. But I don't think Fickle is a big enough name. Neither do I. Once again, you got to make a splash, just like uh, the uh, Iowa State coach. Not a big enough splash. What if they go the same route Jacksonville did, went to Fox and got Stoops? That's a splash. Now, see, I, I don't know why Stoops left. Some, some. I thought it was health or. Yeah, something still smells fishy about that. But, yeah, Stoops or, you know, maybe they make a run at Lincoln Riley. You know what's funny is 
you hear coaches that are currently coaching, and you don't hear Harbaugh's name anymore. <laughs> Going back out to California where he had Dude, success. and Let's be Would you want Harbaugh? I wouldn't personally. No, absolutely no. not. Because I think he— Half of Michigan doesn't want Harbaugh. And I think we can get into this way more next week, too. Josh Gaddis doesn't have a role on that team. That's all Jim Harbaugh. And you are never going to convince Gattis, me otherwise. Josh Gaddis is playing the role of Dave Warner. Everybody blame Dave Warner for D'Antonio. I remember all Dave Warner's offense. That Mike used to he okay's it. Mike used to hammer him. Dave Warner, this I hate Dave Warner. Dave Warner. It's like you do realize Dave Warner doesn't make the call. Dave Warner has a boss. Yeah. Dave Warner pretty much said this isn't the offense I want to run. This is what the boss tells me I got to run. Well, it, it's funny too because Gaddis came in. You notice where he is coaching from now? The booth. He's yeah. not on the field anymore. Remember last or two years ago, it was such a big deal right. that Josh Gaddis was on the field with the players talking to him, this, that, and the other thing. If this is my own personal opinion. I think it's exactly what you said. He might give him a suggestion. But you no, can't. a suggestion. This is how Harbaugh came out and said, we're going to run the ball this year. Early on, and we kind of snickered like, okay. okay well, yeah, that's, that's a- coach speak. No, it ain't coach speak. No. They're running, and they're running it well. Don't get me wrong. I don't but disagree at all. They, but- they've almost turned into a service academy. We're their Army. Their Navy. I don't want to go that far because I, I don't think that's Army's quarterback had more passing yards. It, it was one game. I'm saying if they do it again this week against Northern Illinois, I'm with you 100%. Why would they change the formula? Well, because it's Northern Illinois. And why would you change the formula? Well, that's true because it works. Right. Do you really expect them to come out there and throw the ball 30 times? Ever. Right here, right now. Over, under, passes, attempted, 15. I'm going to say over. Really? Yeah, we'll do a friendly lunch on that one. Okay. It has to be. It okay. Has to be. Okay. If it is under 15, <laughs> we're going to have a very good podcast next week. No, we're not because it's working. But I it's, mean, it's, no, as no, much no. as it That's frustrates not working you. Because you're not playing a helmet. You're, you're not playing a Power 5 school. You're winning. You're winning games. So at first I was like you, but then I'm like, you know what? If Mel Tucker was coming out here but, and doing the same and he's winning, what are you going to apologize? No, no, no. Because what, what I'm going to say to that is Every school in the Big Ten should be able to beat a Mac school running no, the ball now what every happens, single time. Right, but what happens is that's what I said. You're going to become Army, where teams are now going to know you're just going to run the ball. Well, so we're going if you throw it, it can beat us fine. But we're going to use our practices like right here, right now. If Michigan and Michigan State played this Saturday, Mike McDonald has to try to figure out okay, how do we stop Thorn? How are we going to cover Reed? What are we going to do with Walker? We're going to do this. absolutely. Scotty Hazelton, the D coordinator for state, how we shut down the run. Yeah, you load up. And you know what? 90% of my practices is shutting down the run. If he could beat the ball, if he could beat us in the air, we'll take that loss. That's the only problem that you when they they're turning themselves into a one-dimensional team. Now it's great when that one dimension is it's I mean, it's how Oklahoma and Nebraska won titles back in the day. But that was back in the day. That doesn't work now. I mean, as much as you want to say, hey, Alabama, when they won titles, were able to mix the run with the pass. Yeah, with first-round wide receivers. Yeah, Clemson, ATN, you had to run in the pass. Yeah. You don't win it with just one dimension, and that's what they're becoming. It's a good dimension. Oh, it's great. And and I'm not I mean. Yeah, it's going to happen again this week, and I think a lot of Michigan fans are going to be upset. You're not going to see a ton of – they rushed more last week than they did in week one. Yeah. Okay. So what makes you think all of a sudden they're going to hit the switch? No, no, we got to pass the ball. What, because they listen to the people on the radio and then the message boards? 
No, no. I, ju- I just think as as a as a football team, you want to be complete. And when you're in a Power Five program or a program like Michigan, you want to complete all around um, just offense. And like I said, you got to do it this week. You're not playing like they played to win that game, right? To, right. to no matter what, they're going to win that game against Washington. So if it was a QB sneak fifty times, they would have done it if that's what was working. If it works, man. So right. um, my question for you this week. We had a new entrance for Michigan State. What did you think of it? It needs work. A lot. And I think you'll probably see that uh, with the night game coming up. Okay. That, yeah, it, it was like too many people. Like one person needs to take control and just do that. I swear to God, you can hire me. I'll get this thing going. It was like uh, like three DJs were there just hitting all it the It was buttons. like, okay, we're thunderstruck. Nope, just kidding. We're going to go here. But then the music wasn't loud. At all. So it was like, are they playing it in the back? It's like so faint. And then they played it for like 10 seconds, and then the team just ran out. Yeah. Like, what the hell just happened here? Like, all that hype. I know. Evan, I'm going to cook you this great meal, and then I make you a cheese sandwich. Or you you're like, a, you a, couldn't even grill it? It's just a regular old cold cheese sandwich. You give me a can of Spam, you're like, no, that's steak. With man. the jelly on it. <laughs> I don't even wash the jelly off. Anyway. Oh, that was- All right. Uh, Evan, I'm going to let you get to your day job. Thanks for listening. Hey, tell some friends. Subscribe to the show if you like it. Pass it on. We'd appreciate it. We'll be back next week. This is a different conversation, Evan, if both teams are 3-0. and I agree. It's an entirely different conversation. Until then, stay safe. You've been listening to the Five Star Zone.